Hello everybody and welcome to the last episode of season two of Coffee and Geography and uh, I'm here in the uh, Coffee and Geography virtual coffee house and I am sitting on a table with a microphone and I am expecting six previous Coffee and Geography guests to come join me and just have a catch up and have a chat and thought this would be a wonderful way to end the season. So um, I'm going to welcome back Jess, Louise, Glynis, Chantel, Surya and Andy and you can um, catch up on the chats that I had with them in the first place uh, by looking at the links in the description. But uh, I hope you enjoy the little listen and us all catching up and um, to see out season two. Welcome to Coffee and Geography, where my guests and I geek out about the world and everything on it, discovering that we are all geographers in some way, shape or form. I'm your host, Kit, and my pronouns are they, them or she, her. So settle down with a brew, hit that subscribe or follow button and enjoy the listen. This podcast is sponsored by the World Energy and Meteorology Council, or WEMSI for short. WEMSI is an international organisation focused on weather and climate data to support energy transition, and we also work with educators. WEMSI have created TEAL, an easy-to-use free visualisation tool that enables you to explore climate variables for the past 70-plus years. Get started at tealtool.earth. Find us at WEMCouncil.org and follow us on Twitter at WEMCouncil. Glynis, my very, very first podcast guest then. Hello. Hello. You say you have an anecdote for me, and we have, uh, and actually, we've just had Louise Wilson join us, <laughs> very latest podcast guest. So we've uh, we, we're bookending with uh, season one, episode one, and season two, episode twenty-six. <laughs> so, come on, Inglis, what is this anecdote that you want to share with us? So, I have a very lovely year eight class. They're very keen, and a couple of them are like super keen to the point where they go and do extra research and stuff after lessons based on what we've been doing it's really lovely and these two came up to me at the end of a lesson and they went miss we've googled you which is never Uh great to start to something like miss we've googled you and um are you on a podcast what have you found and they were like Uh-oh. we heard this podcast coffee and something i was like yeah coffee and they were like is that you yes it was me oh miss it's really cool you're on a podcast and then it went round the whole of year eight and i had tons of them coming up to me in the corridor being like miss you were on a podcast this is really cool so that's that's my little anecdote about the podcast and how it's gone around school perhaps perhaps this episode this episode this chat then should be <laughs> how life has been since you've appeared on Coffee and Geography. Like, how's your level of fame changed? I mean, we've got everybody in this group joining now. So. In which case, for me, it is now year eight coming up to me going, Miss, you on a podcast. Uh, this is really cool. So we have, we've, uh, uh, joining me, Glynis and Louise, we also have uh, Jess Tipton. Hello, Jess. And we have Surya, from, uh, who was the first guest with his teacher, Miss Sinclair who is not here for some strange reason from season two and Chantel May Holloway. So thanks for joining me, everybody. So um, Louise, then uh, yes. you've, you've caused a bit of a stir at the environment agency, haven't you? Apparently. 
yeah, they've, they've all fallen in love with it, the idea of podcast. And uh, I, after uh, you sent me through the link uh, for the SoundCloud, and uh, I passed it around to the, a few of the people that knew I was doing it. Uh, I was like, oh, you'll maybe be interested to listen to this. And then the next thing I know, it then got passed on to one of the national uh, team members for uh, the oh, hydrometry yeah. team. And and then basically they, they said, oh, I think you should send this out to all the hydrometry and telemetry area team leaders. Oh, my goodness. Um, and uh, so, yeah, every single one of them, which is about 30 of us around the country, got got sent the link and now they uh, they want to they've put it i don't know if they have already but it's going to go on twitter as well and they're going to share the link through our uh, hydrometry uh, uh, twitter page <laughs> well this is uh, all of this is i mean i expected the whole this we heard you on a podcast perhaps i expected maybe that but i certainly didn't expect this to go right and we now this is now required you're going to have to make it part of the environment agency induction now like yeah. if you're going to be a member of the hyd- hydrometry or the telemetry kind of team you're going to have to listen to this podcast <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure it comes into our hydrometry foundation training. So while they're on their little four day residential, like you've got to listen to my podcast. Especially the bit about the uh, the the boat or whatever it was snapping Just off of the cable drifting and drifting off, down the, yeah. into the distance. I know my my old team leader texted me after he listened to it and he went, "You did what when you were working?" <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, I never told you that when I interviewed for my job, did I?" No. <laughs> yeah. And- Louise, can you get it into DEFRA as well? I used to work for DEFRA. All right, yes, uh, yes. So we're yeah. we're we're kind of within. We're not we're not within DEFRA, but we are kind of yeah, yeah. linked to them. So yeah, we do a lot of uh, a lot of work with them. So that's yeah, the Department for Education, Food and Rural Affairs, everybody. Which is wait, uh, uh, does that still exist as a as a as an organizer as a government department, DEFRA? DEFRA. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It used to it used to be called MAF, didn't it? Like Ministry for Agricultural Food and Farming or something like that. And then it was DEFRA, right? Okay. So just just because you're not only for Syria, Syria's benefit, who is from the states, but also anyone else listening who is not based in the United Kingdom. So you do some work with DEFRA, then uh, Louise. It was Jess's question uh, before I interrupted. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, yeah, no. We do so we do some work with DEFRA. Um, so yeah, it's probably the sort of thing we'll share around with our DEFRA colleagues as well, um, and see if we can get somebody somebody involved from that side of things as well. Cool. Sweet. Yeah, and speaking about um, hydrometry, hydrometry. Uh, I just I'm having a bit of a slur. Is that so serious? Since you were on the podcast. Uh, at the start of this season, you've now you're now doing an internship about that very thing, which is what a coincidence. Yeah, it's a really crazy coincidence. I was like, yeah, I tell us it. what you're getting up to. Yeah, so um, I'm from Oregon, and right now I'm doing an internship in which I'm using uh, GIS data or the geographic information system mapping data to analyze burned areas in Oregon and uh, create flash flood guidance. Uh, on, on these maps, then we are more aware because th- there's a very uh, concrete relationship between fires and flooding afterwards because of burned soils and such. So I'm doing an internship where I'm uh, kind of creating burn uh, maps and creating flash flood guidance. That's incredible. And folks, remember, if you remember back, to, and if you haven't listened to season two, episode one, do listen because don't forget, Syria is a high school student doing this amazing stuff. So this is incredible Chantel as a teacher I you know do you do you do what I do like even though we don't know Syria really personally you're still like oh no I'm still quite proud of you that's pretty amazing and um surely you've got, got to get Syrian to talk to people of his age in your classroom surely 
Yeah, that sounds amazing. It'd be great to have you to talk to students. Um, I had a, an ex-student that went on to do GIS mapping, um, like now works in Switzerland or something. I had him back in to go and talk to my students. And it's just so nice to have somebody at least a, closer to their own age to be able to relate to and someone that they can look at and go, oh, okay, that didn't take them long to yeah. do something. So they can see way. It'd be great. Exactly. Well, there was um, one thing that really happened, uh, which was amazing, where I think it was last season where I had a load of my ex-students come on at once. Like, I think there was four or five of them and like just gang up on me, and um, which was lovely. But the thing that they all had in common was that I took them to the Yellowstone area of the United States for a field trip. But one of the people we met while we were out there was uh, some really close friends of mine, Chris and Mary Martha Barn, who owned the Howlers Inn. Uh, Wolf Sanctuary and B&B and you can listen to Alexis's chat everybody about about what it was like growing up on that so of course Alexis was this little high school kid meeting my high school kids if you like and now we're good friends and it's just so amazing to now see what these folks have done like throughout their high school and then what they've and then what they've done after they've left high school so um and for you a fixer to, to get you know um a front foot or you know already because there are quite a lot of high school students doing these amazing things before they even leave high school. But there's so quite a fair few that are not. But I see, Jess, you're nodding your head there, because, of course, you work with quite a lot of these said high school kids. Yeah, completely. Yeah, already, um, you know, setting up sort of big initiatives and campaigns. And, yeah, I mean, a really good example is Clover Hogan as well, who, you know, got going very young. And I think she's still only 20 two and now runs this non-profit with you know big big staff and yeah and I I think you know not gone to university I think there's like no need really to go to I probably shouldn't be saying this <laughs> but you can definitely get you know go straight into getting getting on with things yeah don't worry no one's no one's listening Jess <laughs> <laughs> Don't bother studying. Don't learn no. anything. Just, well, just get on with it. But, what, but <laughs> to, to kind of both back you up and to kind of help you get out of the hole here, Jess, is that school does other things for you other than just get your exams and pass and get your grades and things like that. You know, if, if these, these students were not in a school, you know, they might not have had access to like-minded people, passionate people about, say, for example, what you do with the climate, with environmental destruction, and then would have not had the opportunity to connect with people to do take some action on it so it's provided a catalyst provide a conduit for that stuff and the same with syria you know if syria didn't go to school even though as talented as he is he would have never made those connections with with miss sinclair with lauren sinclair may not have got into gis and may not have done this thing on the side which may or may not be related to so you know regardless of whether someone directly benefits from high school or not i think there's all these tangible offshoot benefits that are almost you know uncountable because there's so many so yeah so just, just to clarify just i think anybody yeah. needs to go to school i meant yes, like beyond yes. that <laughs> school's yeah. good I, go to school folks, not when it's too hot if you're not supposed to not if there's covid if you're not supposed yes. to not sick but other than that go to school I think, I think everybody, yeah, and everybody, you can listen to the conversation between me and Jess, and she very much values education, and it is very clear. <laughs> so, 
Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't have even known what GIS was if it wasn't for Miss St. Clair, but now it's it's a big part of my life. I've done, I guess I've used GIS in so many different ways. It's like, I, I, I'm, it's crazy that I wouldn't even have known about what GIS was if it wasn't for Miss St. Clair. So oh really... well even though you're not Thank here lauren you. we're sending you it sounds like we're sending you lots of love and we hope that sure. um we know we know that you've uh there's a special occasion on the way and that everything is going all well in that front um and look after yourself so yeah and there's of course there's another person i was hoping who's going to be here today to alistair hamill um who uh loves his bit of gis so i think he would uh absolutely adore for you to say that so um and so, Glynis, when's the last time you used a bit of GIS in your classroom then? Surely it was just very recently being a geographer, wasn't it? You can say, like, last term or something. No, it was actually a couple of weeks ago. Um, we were doing a residential uh, trip with our Year 12 students. We went to Flatford Mill Field Study Centre and for, the, for their NEA, and we were going through the bits for data presentation, and we'd come back from uh, doing some data collection in Ipswich, uh, looking at regeneration and the students were using GIS to present for their results um, and kind of getting them to test it out and, and what have you. Um, I will say we haven't been able to use it anywhere near as much um, coming back to school since COVID because we've lost our computer room in the geography department oh. uh, at the school that I work. So it has been really hard to try and get uh even little bits of GIS in so it was really nice for the the students to be able to sort of do stuff on the iPads and um yeah kind of kind of play around with stuff now I'm a little bit upset you know because you're effectively in my area and you didn't tell me (laughs) so you know I can't believe that like I'm 40 minutes drive from Ipswich and just about maybe an hour from Flat Mill but in fairness I didn't tell Vicky uh another Twitter person as well and she she got upset with me as well yeah, Vicky, so she's a, a teacher based in, in Suffolk, yeah, a geography teacher. But uh, I really, really, this, this is how um, incestuous, especially Siri, here's a good thing for you and everybody listening. Here's, here's how incestuous like the geography teacher community is, right? So this is no word of a liar. This is, and I know some of you saw this on Twitter. So um, I'm at the University of Stangler at work and I'm just returning a fleet car, right? So one of the new Nissan Leaf fleet cars, lovely. I'm just parking up in there. And I noticed as I look towards one of the student accommodations, there's a couple of people there, like with just like loads and loads of baggage, like strewn over the green. I was like, that's a bit strange. I said, okay, it could happen. Maybe it's students moving in and out. Maybe it's a tour or something. I don't know. And then uh, I didn't have my glasses on, so I couldn't see exactly. But I was like, it's so funny. It's like one of, you know, one of those people looks like Denise Freeman. It's just so uncanny. I was like, wait a minute. What? That is Denise Freeman. What is Denise Freeman doing all the way up here? from east london up in norwich and what is she doing with 60 bag pieces of luggage or whatever it was so um for the folks who want to know who denise denise freeman is the future president of the geographical association so uh which won't, which will be the academic year after next good friend of many of us in this call and yeah apparently she brought her year 10s up to do some field work up in the norwich norfolk area and they did a campus tour of uea but they had a bit of problem with uh with transportation because their coach company uh, pulled out apparently and so um they'd got got us at uea in the emergency to kind of like organize a campus tour and stuff like that while they were trying to reorganize new transport to get the kids back home so 
<laughs> but how's that for a small world? That's like... ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, I will tell you now, just to save you from getting upset again, Kit, I am on holiday in Southwold again this year. Um, so I'm back in your neck of the woods in a few weeks. Okay, well, we got, you'll have to let me know when that is and we'll pop over. Yes. <laughs> So let's talk. So let's talk about this then, folks. So um, the bit, the bit of the context that everyone's uh, need to know, I guess, is that this is the weekend before that excessive heat warning here in the United Kingdom of potentially over forty degrees Celsius. So when you're all listening to us chat um, with the recording, we will know whether we broke that horrific record. Well, regardless of whether that's the case or not, we know that these things, the the, the forty degrees Celsius, is going to appear on the map. Unfortunately future in the future to come um but let's let's be a bit more positive and think about what we're going to be doing for the summer so we'll start with suri the, and then louise the non-teachers here so so suria you i'm guessing you're already on your summer break being in america that you've probably been out for a month already i guess yeah 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 you know, you, you know, three months three months out so what 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 are you getting up to for the summer break or what are you planning to get up to for the summer break before you go back to school in the late august or whenever it is yeah, I mean, uh, I've been doing this, the internship I talked about earlier, where I'm uh, analyzing fires in Oregon. I've also got to play a lot of tennis, which I'm really passionate about. So three mm-hmm. hours a day, it's been a lot of fun. Just go out and play. You'd be the next John McEnroe. Do you even know who that is? <laughs> I do. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, what, about, so, what about you, Louise, then? Are you you're going to be puddle jumping or collecting rocks or something uh well as long as we get some rain then i'll puddle jump um i would quite like that um but uh yeah it's probably going to be um i'm in between work i've not got another day off until the end of august so uh i'm going to be working all the way through um but uh, hopefully lots of beach trips paddle boarding uh jumping in the river um and just generally yeah maybe try and get some more rock rock hunting in there as well <laughs> Cool. I, I know probably not meant to endorse this, but we'll start with you, Lee. Is there anyone else wants to chip in? Is there like a really good relative? I mean, obviously, when people go swimming and people go in natural water courses and stuff like that, they have to take precautions and the risks involved, this kind of stuff. So, without endorsing any particular kind of you know, silly behavior, is there like a, a really good river, water, natural water hole, which is like would be a good swimming spot or that you've been to, which for you is a good swimming paddling spot? Um, I can't think of any. I, I, at the moment, just going to the River Great Ouse uh, around Huntingdon. Uh, just, uh, but I tend to always stay very close to my paddleboard because it floats. So, because <laughs> um, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm not amazingly confident in the in the river because I don't know what's below. <laughs> so <laughs> I freak out a little bit. If I'm not in my, if I'm not in my full PPE and uh, dry suit, then I, I find it a bit strange being in, in the river. <laughs> I, I like it. It's a very, very political answer, almost, you know, very good answer there, Louise. There's a place near here um, on the River Waveney where it's actually, and there's a weir there. You might actually, oh, I can't remember where it is now, but it's near, it's not near oh, Royden Fen. I'll have to look it up. Oh, and then you might know it because there is a weir there, but there's like a, a like a, a big pool, natural pool there that actually yeah. is safe to paddle in and swim in. So um, I'll have to look it up and then you might recognise it. Uh, Chantelle, what are, you up, what are you up to this summer? Um, this time next week I'll be in Madeira. And um, then I've got Ooh. a little bit in the UK. So we're, we're at, uh, I think, Dartmoor. And then I'll do a bit of hiking in the roaches with the dog. Oh, 
yeah, you look pop. Take advantage of the start of the football season because it's mega early this year. True. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I, when the hell is meant? You know, Qatar twenty twenty two meant to be starting off. Is it? Have they moved it to the winter? Yeah, I've I've got so out of touch. And I'm supposed to be a football fan. Yeah, I think it's isn't it December? Isn't there like a winter break? And then obviously we've got the women's football on at the moment, so it's quite a nice yeah. summer of Birmingham, obviously, with the Commonwealth. So I miss most of that. Some yeah. away, but having England's women made a really great start to the campaign. I mean, I hope they're not peaking too early. Fantastic amount of goals. It was amazing. I know. It's like the goal difference in that on their little group is just, just ridiculous. Um, I think, Louise, it's on the little ooze and it's Hinder Clay Fen and Webb's Fen, all that kind of lot. Oh, do you name e- ring a bell? I know exactly where you are. We used to do spot flow gaugings at Hinder Clay. Um, and, ah. uh, it's a nice little area around there. So, yeah, um, I can see. Yeah, that's definitely a nice area to go and dip your feet in. Yeah, and there is yeah. a weir there um, because I know that the kids keep climbing all over it and they're like, don't fall. Yeah, just, just be really <laughs> careful. Like, and if there's any signage to tell you to be aware, please take notice. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. And, and I had a good, uh, I was on a discussion with um, Alex Deakin from the Met Office who ran a Twitter space about the heat. And uh, I will echo what his guest said, you know, from the RNLI and the Coast Guard. And they said, look, um, be careful when you're going into natural walk courses because some natural walk courses can be really cold, which is, I know what you're aiming for, but the trouble is if you were to jump into these, these pools of cold water, you could um, suffer temperature shock, which is the sudden change of temperature that your body is experiencing that causes you know your body to react in, in kind of survival mode. And if you're taking like a great big massive deep breath because of that shock and you're underwater while you do that well then you're going to be in trouble and then if your your muscles clamp up and stuff like that then you're going to be in trouble so folks please 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 do take care you know uh, start slow if you're going to go to a place like dip your toes in a little bit first or whatnot and stay where it's very very shallow um don't take any silly risks um so so glenis you're off to Southwold soon jess where are you off to this summer well, I'm still recovering because we just took 25 teenagers to Whiteham Woods in Oxford. Uh, they're owned by the university. Oh, um, okay. And, uh, yeah, so they were year 10s to 13s who mostly never met um, from all over the UK and 10 teachers. And, anyway, I, the, it was absolutely brilliant. It was so good. We did, like, they saw bats with a researcher um, went out with, on a bug tour, did Tai Chi storytelling. We had all like sessions run nice. by the different teachers who were like English teachers and biology teachers. Um, but mm, there wasn't much sleep had, and it was uh, you know quite a bit of organisation. So I'm just recovering from that, um, and then supposed to be going to Devon on Wednesday by chance. It's just after the heatwave supposed to end, so fingers crossed. Um, it's whether our little dog, whether it's a good idea to travel or not. Um, and then, apart from that, I've got, I've got, I have got to do loads of sort of admin and planning for the next year of of the networks. Um, while there's a little bit of a lull with that sort of events and stuff, and then we might talking about water, we might um, do some more walks along the Thames. We've been doing like little chunks just like day trips and sort of trying to piece it all together and um, uh, been doing the butterfly count I like like doing that sort of thing yeah yeah so I might do some of that butterfly count and just opening the floor to everybody really I mean 
are you like me like as a as a teacher that going away doing this kind of stuff whether it's for field work for yourself or for your work or whether it's going on a field trip with kids that okay yeah you've got the logistical planning and you've got all that kind of stuff and that stress and stuff but really it does feel like going away sometimes i mean i always used to feel that way like going away to the yorkshire dales for a week to do the kids job muir awards it was like that was that was a holiday for me i think it's more so since covid because it is so exciting like even just to walk around the local estate is just so you remember why it's so important to take the students out and some of them go oh i've never been down this road before and you're like how you live here you know yeah yeah and i know in many episodes of many people you know we've spoken about how you know the disruptive nature of covid has been you know obviously has its negatives and has been very very uh, tragic for a lot of people but it's also had a like a, this this kind of like positive disruption as well like making appreciate some of these spaces a lot more and um yeah we can only hope can't we that that society as a whole can like learn lessons from from what's happened over the past few years i mean some people hold up more hope than others but optimism i don't know i don't i think humans have very short memories i think from the trips thing i think that's sort of experiencing things together so we like saw a badger together and some kids went off and found purple emperor butterflies and nice and you know doing sort of team building thing like that is really special and just you know they all got on I'm just looking up the uh, yeah the UK the butterfly survey because it's it's called the Big Butterfly Count of 2022, and it's organised by the Wildlife and Countryside Link. So it's the 13th year of the Big Butterfly Count. Sorry, Randall, Senior Surveys Officer, but it says why it's so vital. So yes, folks, um, and and it's taking place officially runs until Sunday the 7th of August. So folks, have a look at that. Um, big just search for big butterfly count 2022 and get involved i mean we actually saw one in the garden just today so uh, a lovely white one i think kaya said my youngest said he saw a brown one as well so um i didn't quite manage to get over there and see which ones but we can count two and send them in then yeah Sorry. it's brilliant for kids. it's brilliant and it's only 15 minutes so it's like attention span wise it's about the right sort of length of time and it's good as a little work break get away from the computer that's good. That's a good plan. Yeah, I says us all sitting here on a virtual coffee house. <laughs> so um, fantastic. Well, I am. So back to me, I suppose. So we have finally got um, our, my father-in-law visiting from the states um, at the end of this month, which is brilliant. Um, so what we're doing is we are going to go to um, the Ridgeway and. The white, the, where the white horses on the side of the hill and all that kind of stuff, and you know, Aylesbury and every, everywhere. And um, we are hiring um, an electric car that goes a lot further than my current one because I'm not going to be able to get down there in my little old Nissan Leaf. So I think we're getting a, a Vauxhall E Corsa, and we're going to take that out for a spin. Um, and we're staying at a place called the Royal Oak, and I can't remember what village that is, but it's somewhere near the White Horse. So that'll be quite nice. Um, and it'll be good for the kids to actually physically see their grandpa again. Because it'll be the first time, well, it won't be the first time since COVID because we did manage to go over to the States. But it will be definitely the first time that George has come here um, since COVID. So, 
We're um, stepping into the uh, electric car market. My husband, Ooh. my husband works for South Stuff's Water, so that's another water link for everyone. Um, and his company, of, like the option on the fleet was to have an electric car, so he's got one coming. Um, it's been waiting about 18 months, and I've got one for September, and we've got solar panels in the way, so there's all the, you know, it's all lined up and we've eventually got there. <laughs> yes, so what you need to do now, Chantal, is you need to get... Um, the charger installed at home needs to talk to your solar panels you thumbs up that's what you're going to get do you already know which one you're going to get because i know there's many many brands out there yeah i think it's a zappy but like you say there's yeah, a zappy, yeah. <laughs> and i that's think we over to octopus energy um okay. to buy back and stuff as well does anybody here do like car sharing or i was looking into that i don't know if we're allowed to say well on to Yep, on the on dot two. Yep, car sort of leasing. That's the one that I'm using in the summer. Yeah. Oh, are you? Okay, yeah. cool. It'd be good to hear how it works out. Quite interested in that. Yeah, I, know, a... I mean, we, we, I don't mind us giving plugs. I mean, we're not sponsored by any of these folks, <laughs> but you can give a plug for them because if they're trying to do things like sustainability, do it. You know, like my energy zappy and on on dot two. You know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, plug away. I'm unofficially car sharing, like throughout the family, like having a lift from my dad and. Um, hold my car in the meantime because I don't need one in the summer. This cycling will be fine in this weather. <laughs> yes, I'm liking. I'm liking the talk of solar panels um, as the as my other half is a um, postdoc student at Utrecht University and he researches solar panels um, and it's all to do with the physics side of things in terms of the the materials that make the solar panels and trying to make them more efficient. And in kind of just my being nice and helpful, um, have proofread a couple of manuscripts of his because uh, English isn't his first language. But having proofread them, I can't say I understand a lot of the science in them. Um, but it's it's just it's interesting though to kind of realise the, the the just the huge scale of things out there mm. as, as this kind of industry develops. And you know his work and the work that other people that he collaborates with are doing is to try and make solar panels as I suppose energy efficient as possible so that we get maximum you know usage out of them and, and find the best combinations of materials to make them from um in the future mm. so Surya, is is solar really a uh, a thing over in uh, you know the west coast of the i mean i'm probably more in california but up in oregon and, and washington i mean is it a place where you see loads of solar panels are around or is it a very slow market to get going i mean from your observations yeah i mean uh Probably not not as much as uh, California and such because of the gloomy. I'm in Portland, Oregon, and it's known for a, a lot of gloomy weather. So unfortunately, there isn't too much sunlight and not too many solar panels. Hopefully, it'll change soon and we'll get more solar panels and more, I guess, kind of that kind of energy. But yeah, just because of the gloomy weather, I don't think it's too common. Hi folks, a chance for you to recharge your brew, but also a polite prod to remind you that it's so easy to support this podcast. Simply liking, sharing, rating and reviewing means that it will get on more people's radar. Also, there are a few links down in the description which may be of mutual benefit. Please do check them out. I was hoping we'd have the token interloper uh, joining us and we are joined by Andy Plastis. Hello Andy, how are you? Hello there. 
Andy is um, a fellow podcaster. He, uh, the the great derelict, and and you think you were you were. I think you might have been on after Syria and Lauren, very f- towards the beginning of this uh, season, I believe. I was pretty early on this, this season. I think I was the second episode, maybe. I gave everyone yeah. disestablishmentarianism as the word of the month or whatever it yes. was, and drove everyone crazy with that. Yeah, well, yeah, it def- yeah, <laughs> you definitely had that. Yeah, so um, so Andy, welcome to to the uh, end of season coffee house. It's lovely to have you. Uh, Thank you. Can been... I just before you begin? Go can I just it. say it's hot? Can can, can, yes. can you do something about this, please? It's it's very hot. I don't like this. I am not built for the tropics. Well, yeah. Well, just because I'm a climate educator doesn't mean I can turn the thermostat down for the country, Andy. It doesn't work that way. No, I thought it's because you're a divine being. You had to sway <laughs> somewhere. You could, you know, pull some strings, do something. Well, we were we all were just talking about that not too long before we came on actually. But one thing we we've we put all that aside and thought: Have you got any plans for the summer, Andy? Have you got anything nice planned? Have I got anything nice planned for the summer? Uh, probably not at the minute. I'm just now getting over my first alliance with the spicy flu, which has been delightful. Oh, no. yes. Do not recommend zero out of ten. Um, I don't know. Outside of that, um, maybe travel, do some holiday stuff. Uh, I know my wife is very keen that we can go and do something, but. Seeing the state of the airports uh, coming up, uh, not doing that. No, thank you. Um, I don't know. Maybe travel around the country, see some friends. Uh, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm loving the confidence that we're going to survive into the summer. Big ups on that. But uh, yeah. <laughs> well, folks, the one thing that me and Andy have in common is that we love a bit of uh, cosplay. And one thing we, I know it's kind of like after the summer, technically, Andy, but we are both going to be going to... Norcon, yes. Norcon. September 8th, yeah. 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 So I don't, the, I don't the, have any costumes Comic-Con. to hand, but I do have, I do have a com badge within range. <laughs> <laughs> uh, any of the rest of you Star Trek? Now, Glynis, you, you watched a bit of Star Trek, didn't you? Uh, I dabble. I'm, I'm more sort of Doctor Who... Um, oh, I think I talk to you about Doctor Who. Kind of things. It's funny you mentioning cosplay because my main main cosplay costume is Luna Lovegood from Harry Potter. I can do the dot, and uh, you also can't see my bookcase in the current shot, which has uh, all my Funko Pops on uh, for a whole range of different franchises. So there's there's my nerdery coming out uh, in the background. Yeah, is you the Harry Potter? Because I actually did quiz you on the Harry Potter, didn't I? You and did. Doctor, you did. Yeah. Or was it the Doctor Who as well? I know, was it at least the Harry yeah, Potter. Yeah, Harry Potter and Doctor Who are my are my two main uh, fandoms. Um, the the Doctor Who is what I share with my other half as well. So that's kind of our our one. And then I've got Harry Potter and and Lord of the Rings as well. So I've yeah. got all sorts of the the big major ones. Funny you say that. I've literally got um, Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings themed Trivial Pursuit just sitting just uh, on my desk. <laughs> We've got Lord of the Rings Trivial Pursuit as well, yeah. So good. Well, we, it's we... an exciting time to be a fan of Lord of the Rings because we're going back yes. to the Second Age. Wait, what? Did anyone what? else see the trailer that dropped this week? Yes. Yeah. I got yeah. more than excited. <laughs> yes, so did I. I sent it around every WhatsApp group I knew with people in it that would be vaguely interested. So wait, wait, excuse excuse my ignorance. Are we are we talking about what Cimmerillion kind of age? Or... Uh, well, the, so Amazon are doing a a new series, uh, which I think they're pitching as Game of Thrones, but it will end well, and uh, <laughs> it's supposed to be set during the Second Age. So I'm, sh- I'm it's done with the support of the Tolkien estate. So I'm sure they will be pulling a lot from the Cimmerillion and the established law. But it's you know, a lot the of, rings that's... of power. Yeah, it's, it's about uh, how the rings were forged, isn't it? 
Well, we know like that, that Sauron's in it, although I don't know if he was still called Sauron at that point. Lord of the Rings, it's, it's not my thing. I know Gladriel is in it, though, so I'm looking yes. forward to that. Yeah. Um, and everybody, welcome back to the Great Derelict Podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's a podcast about everything and everything to do with science fiction, although it's <laughs> fantasy, so it's kind of adjacent, almost. You, you, uh, you brought this on yourself, Kit. You invited me uh, here. This could yes, be in another language cool. right now. I have no idea what you're all talking about. You are not a sci-fi fan, are you, Jess? <laughs> I, Lord of the Rings, there's too many characters. I can't cope with that many. I can't I agree. figure out who they all are. <laughs> well, okay. too much of me. All right. There's one thing. There's just, just one thing. Just one thing, Jess. Is that Andy and I uh, and some other folk did uh, a great derelict podcast episode about climate change in science fiction, which is actually can be very very useful and i did write a jog ramblings blog post on that and everybody i'll put the link in the, de- in the description for that as well so if anything if anything you can just use that because there was lots of great stuff in there well my so. only my only sort of um experience of well i, I have seen the films a lot but so i used to teach russian and in order to teach the alphabet the cyrillic alphabet to like year sevens i used to have in order to cater for everyone i used to have lord of the rings characters harry potter characters that's gary potter in russian um doc, uh, not doctor who who else would it be james bond stuff to do with james bond and the world of whatever the other thing would be and there was only one child in six years that couldn't find some some topic they liked but that, that's my only contribution i can make <laughs> <laughs> Okay, that's good. We're all trying to find intersectional links here. <laughs> yes. So Andy, so Andy, you're there in now. How, wait a minute. North, the Northern Line. Do you remember there was this really strange thing throughout the podcast where I was having to a lot of guests throughout the Northern Line near the Northern Line. Yeah. <laughs> so you got yourself and Glynis. Jess, you're not near the Northern Line, are you? Not now, but used to live uh, near Finchley, Mill Hill. Okay, so, so not far. Yeah, so I'm, the, out, I'm so. the other end. I'm I'm literally the the southernmost point of the Northern Line. So this is uh, so for everybody. This is the uh, the London Underground. If you just, I mean, most of you can just picture it in, on, in your head if you don't remember the exact stops or something. But one of those lines which threads itself basically north to south through is the Northern Line. And I just by sheer coincidence, what I was picking up guests almost every other week, like a certain stop along the Northern Line, there was yourself. Uh, there was Andy there was so um, the punk biologist Lucy Eckersley uh, Katie Water um, I'm sure there was a couple of others as well but it was just bizarre like I need to get every stop on the Northern Line represented I think break out into a game of Mornington Crescent if you like Mornington Crescent yeah on the Northern Line (laughs) for the next series are you going to move on to like the district line or I Circling well, would work, probably. Yeah, well, then I'd just keep going round and round and round, wouldn't I? Wouldn't I? But, not um, anymore. It's no, because it's not, it's not technically a circle. Oh, what have they done to the circle line then? Come on, this is, this is something to be geographical. No, yeah, it, doesn't connect, it doesn't connect back up. It's not an actual circle. It's well, a spiral line. Yeah, it's a spiral. It never did, um, or it doesn't now? It doesn't now. It used to. It, it, it used to be... Because there used to be a pub crawl you could do where you'd get on the circle line and just keep going until... <laughs> Uh, either line stops running or you died of alcohol poisoning uh, but now no it goes from Hammersmith to Edgeware Road I think did they do that to stop people just going around and around it 
Well, I mean, the official reason was to increase efficiency, but I'm guessing probably that one. Stop drinking. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, the, it's the curb the pub calls. Um, but yeah, you so okay. So it diverges at yeah. So you go to you got Edgware Road to Hammersmith, kind of like spur. But surely you could still go in a circle because couldn't you just stay on Edgware Road, go through Paddington and Notting Hill? No, they don't. They don't go. They, they, so basically, they will start at Edgware Road or they'll terminate. So if if the, the train will stop at Edgware Road and they'll probably tell you to get, get off because they want to clean it. Oh, fair. Okay. All right. Interesting. Very interesting. Of course, there's a lot of uh, interesting things going on with with the underground network, the London network, anyway, because. Uh, Crossrail has not long opened with the Jubilee. Um, Finally, got, the Elizabeth, Elizabeth line. line. Yeah, the Elizabeth line here. line. Thank you. Yes, Elizabeth <laughs> line line. <laughs> well, it's like it's like the new Battersea Power Station station. <laughs> yep. <laughs> There's only one been on the Elizabeth line line. Uh, not yet, uh, because oh, yeah. I have tried to avoid going into town as much as possible at the minute. Plus, <laughs> right now. This coming week is not a good week to be going on the tube, even if it is air-conditioned. So the first part of the Elizabeth line was completed in May 2015. Um, and it's finally, finally got to the point where it's gone across the uh, London, but it's not expected. So it was the whole completion was meant to be by December 2019, but it's not expected to be completed until May 2023. <laughs> Oh, it gets better than that, Kit. They, the, uh, on YouTube, you can still find it. There is a old LWT news broadcasting announcing the start of Crossrail from, like, 1991. LWT, London Weekend Television. There you go. <laughs> God, I remember that. So, um, so yeah, so, Louise, you, like, kind of moved down south for all this nonsense. Well, you know, it's surely the transport network in Scotland is a lot better than this. Um well, you'd think so, but the area that I'm from in the Scottish Borders uh, only had its uh, railway reinstated in 2015. <laughs> so uh, my whole uh, childhood was basically getting an hour and a half worth of bus up to Edinburgh just to have a day's shopping. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, so... We're going to bring this to a close now, folks. Um, I mean, if anyone wants to hang around and chat after the mic's been switched off, that's entirely up to you. Yeah, we're all geographers then. So we, we're talking about, we've already had a little go at hydrometry, thanks to you, Louise. And we talked, Sarah talked about his internship. So uh, Jess says, oh, it's new to me. So do you now know what it means, Jess? I think so. I'm, I'm not a geographer. Um, but I said that on the podcast. I did say I was very clear. So I am an interloper, but we're all geographers. I know that's the answer. No more it? than Andy. So it's all good. So uh, Andy thinks that hydrometry is a very nice word. So Andy, you probably don't still don't know what it is because you were you were late. Yes, I was late. In my defence, though, again, it was very hot and my brain wasn't <laughs> working. Uh, but I'm guessing it was it hydrometry. Hydrometry. So it's something to do with measuring water. Oh, oh you pretty much go. got it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So that's Louise's job at the Environment Agency to measure the flow of water and, and crunch loads of data on it using very, very funky boats. Yes. Um, even though you're a geography, first time you've come across that word? I mean, to me, it was as well, because I thought it was just hydrology, just the. Yeah, I, I hadn't hydro- heard of it. And as but, I was trying, so that's why I wrote lots of syllables because I was trying to <laughs> pronounce it. I was like, there's just, for the number of letters, there's too many syllables. <laughs> yeah. 
just a combination of high hydrology and telemetry, basically. Yeah. And uh, what does Chantelle say? Chantelle's, I can't find. Chantelle's there, but I can't get to her avatar to get what she said. What did you say? I said concise, I think, because I've spent a lot of time this year trying to get students to understand really complicated geography words and breaking it into pieces. And I was like, oh, it's actually really concise. It's exactly what it needs to be. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Now, this is going to be interesting because there is six of you and we've got to come up by consensus for the very very first we are all geographers word for season three now folks i am i am needing to take an extended break with the podcast we will be back do not worry i'm sure andy will have me along the great derelict a couple of times to kind of, if you need to be tied over in any way shape or form if i'm still part of the bulkhead there so it's you good. know you can just whenever you want just come over <laughs> i need to do one for this week if you want so come over <laughs> we'll see so um so folks but i'm probably 2023 20, so the start of 2023 is probably when season three will return so you've got until then a good six months or five six months to think about the word that these folks are going to come up with um, and it is not going to be as convoluted as anti-disestablishment terrorism again, right? Aww. But um, what do we think, folks? Um, anyone want to throw out some suggestions there? And it's going to be interesting because, of course, the person doing this will probably be doing it in, like, January or something like that. So, uh... I was about to say, I was, the natural word is probably something like heat wave. Heat, yeah. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. In January, we haven't, you know... What well, it could be because they it could, could do, be a good... Discuss potential ramifications of ongoing heat waves and or was it heat dome that they've been saying in the news as well that we're experiencing heat in Europe? This heat dome. What about um, wet bulb? Because <laughs> I keep hearing people saying we need to talk about the wet bulb. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do, we, do you want me to give but, that to the guests without any context I, whatsoever? Probably not. It's a bit risky for your first episode back. I would say. <laughs> Okay. Uh, Syria, please save us here. You've got to be the most mature person here. No way, but uh, I I think heat wave is really appropriate. Yeah. Okay. Dare I ask if Andy concurs? Well, I I have a word, but uh, you like to keep this thing PG, so I I, I, I will... uh, (laughs) Yeah. I I will say, though, it starts with cluster, though. Right. Okay. All right. You can tell me after we switch the mic off. All right, Louise, you, you think we go with a heat wave then? Yeah, I think I think that's the most apt at the moment. And Louise being the first person who gets to say in two words from coffee and geography. So, uh, okay, folks. So uh, when season three returns in 2023, we're going to get the, the first guest to talk about the word heat wave, which is going to be really interesting for them to do if we're going to be talking into the winter by then. As Andy says, if we get that far. Um, well, it might be on the southern hemisphere, though. It might be. Well, this is true. Summer. Yeah, yeah. We don't. And I am. I am. Cert- I am someone. I am an educator who definitely turns around and says to people, "We should not be making fun of of, of excessive heat because it can be quite dangerous." So, um, so that is definitely a good point we need to bear in mind. Of course, but while you mentioned southern hemisphere, before we close, uh, Andy, of course, they've had their first coldest temperature record there in australia of minus six degrees celsius that's the coldest it's ever been in australia um it's but it's almost like we've broken the entire planet i know it's crazy so 
but that is in comparison to the 140 records that are currently being broken recently because of the heat, particularly in the Northern Hemisphere. So that is the kind of uh, the way that we're going. But on that note, <laughs> I just want to say thank you to uh, to Glynis, to Louise, to Jess, to Syria, to Andy, and to Chantel for joining me for the uh, end of season coffee house, uh, folks. It's wonderful to have you back on again and to, for a little quick chat and to uh, meet each other. And uh, yeah, please continue to collaborate with each other and folks if you want to collaborate with any of these folks go and find their um, episodes and uh, get their contact details and get in touch so thank you all thanks so much for listening we hope you had fun if you haven't already done so please subscribe so more stories and experiences can drop into your favorite podcast app if you fancy being a guest or have any feedback follow us on twitter at coffee pod and send us a dm or you could email coffee and jog at geogramblings.com until next time keep geogging